0: This is a level room production.
1: Hey, everybody! How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Locker Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. You can all hear me, right? Uh, just let me know you can hear me. Um, put it in the comments. Okay, you can. So at least that's working. Don't know if the headphones are when we uh when we have our first caller. I guess that's when I'll figure it out. All right. So what to say about this one? They lose in a shootout. Uh, they have five attempts in the shootout and don't score a goal. Really great way to uh, pick up your goalie there. He makes the first four saves, shuts down Barzell. I mean, more of the same from this team, just letting you down. And they even, you know, they showed some good stuff in this game. They really did. Uh, they come back from, you know, the early deficit because, of course, they're down 2 nothing. Why wouldn't they be? And... They they outplay the Islanders for a lot of this one. They played pretty well, but we've said it so many times. Uh, they've played themselves out of getting to take moral victories and getting to say, well, we got a point. You know, we play this one 10 times. Maybe we win six or seven. They've played themselves out of that territory. Now it's just every time they don't get two points, it's a uh, it's it's a horrible failure. And that that's where we are with this team right now. Uh, they're just, they can't get it done. Uh, whatever the situation is, power play, overtime, shootout, they they figure out ways to let you down. That's really just what this team is right now. And I know like, you know, I've seen comments like uh, Dave Brown opened up the uh, discussion section and he just says, I'm sad. And Hunter Moyer says, I'm not. This team has been an embarrassment all season. And yes, that's true. It's just every time it seems like we find something, something else goes wrong. You know this team can't get goaltending all year. They're letting in a million goals. Well, last couple of nights the defense and the goalies haven't been awful, and they just can't they can't find ways to put pucks in when it really matters. So the scoring was good pretty much all year. Now it's kind of evaporated. I think this is 13 straight uh, without a goal for JVR. Uh, seven or eight straight without a goal, I think, for Joel Farabee. Like those were two of the guys driving this offense. It's a uh, Man, it, it, they just can't get more than one line producing at once. They just, all sorts of just issues with this team. I mean, we, we talk about the same stuff pretty much every night. So there's only so many things I can harp on. I uh, did want to point out, I thought Robert Haig was fine tonight. He was pretty good. Uh, no complaints about Robert Haig. How about that penalty to Samuel Moran? Okay, it's a board. It, it's, it looks ugly. The guy gets hurt. Five minutes in a game. My God. that is that's not a game misconduct i'm sorry you you want to punish the guy give him the minor whatever to kick him out over that to say because there was an injury and then the player came back five minutes later like uh, that was just but you know as we talk about every night officiating is terrible it does seem like since the season started to break away uh, since the season started to get away from the flyers that the calls are also going against them. And that's just kind of the Murphy's Law. Like when one thing's going wrong, lots of shit goes wrong. That's kind of what this team is now. It's, but it's not bad luck. It's, it's their, it's of their own doing. You know, they took the entire month of March off and now they are where they are. They're in sixth place in the East. Sixth. Remember the top five, bottom three? They're part of the bottom three now. I can only say all this so much. You guys want to talk. Let's get to some of the comments. Hopefully I can hear you. First speaker up, Mr. 69 is
2: back. Good to hear from you, Mr. 69. How are you tonight? I'm great, Bill. Uh, I had to take a couple nights off, considering this team took about a month off. I can afford to take one or two off, right? Uh,
1: you, just, you just hit on something, and I'm, obviously you're going to have plenty of time to talk. I, uh, like One, we all need the mental health break. Two, by some anomaly of the schedule, the Flyers have the 19th, 20th, and 21st off, all in a row. Three days without a game. Amazing. I'm going on my uh, very belated honeymoon, the 22nd to the 26th which means I have a whole week without this team, and it's what's getting me through right now. Like Pretty much after every game, I'm like, I don't feel like doing post-game. Screw it. We can do without one. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to take a week off. But it, 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 you, you do need to do it some nights. That's what I'm getting at.
2: Uh, no, you got to enjoy yourself and enjoy that uh, honeymoon. But um, I, I just listened to uh, Scott Hartnell just said, on the post game he's like yeah Sam Moran basically just got five minutes for being too strong like that that if that's Zidane O'Chara hitting the guy into the boards the guy hit, going into the boards is going to get a two minute diving call and Z- Big Z is just going to walk away.
1: <laughs> but that's Unless just- unless it happens in Montreal and then the police get involved.
2: <laughs> exactly but like it, the, the whole thing is just like I I mean all year the refs it, the referee's just been horrible all year I mean it's pretty comical like the Tim peel thing happens this year as well but i i mean i'm at the point now where it's just i i come i've come to terms with this team um, we're not a playoff team no not even they close. need to sell some sort of like i mean what, whether if someone wants to take raffle or lawton or whoever would you be okay with losing any of, any players for yeah for- i mean i
1: i think the moves they have to make like are bigger moves this off season um, I, I don't want to lose Scott Lawton. He's one of the few guys I don't question his effort. I like what he brings to a lineup. You can play him anywhere, and he'll be productive in that spot. But like, if someone's going to give you something for Scott Hartnell, and we talked a little bit about this on BSH yesterday, like as much as I don't want to pay a UFA price for Scott Lawton, like, say he has an amazing playoffs, wherever we trade him to, like I ain't paying that Villy Lano money to Scott freaking Lawton. But, yeah, but at the same time, you know – Take a shot at him in free agency if you can get something for him because – do I care about a second-round, third-round pick? I don't, but what you can turn that into is more assets to complete trades. Like You're going to have to make some trades, and you're going to – the guys they need to trade are making some money. You're going to have to sell teams – on, uh, on taking on a ghost contract, even a Jake contract. Well, the best way to do that is throw in some draft picks. So yeah, yeah. load up. If you can get literally anything from Michael Roffel, why the hell not? There's seven guys in the minors who could be Michael Roffel. And if exactly. they can't, we need to reevaluate the organization.
2: We have a logjam at Ford right now and it, it is preventing kids like Wade Allison. I mean, Tanner Lazinski just got it called up. Uh, Zade with some, there's where, where we are like, delaying their progress to the Flyers by having these people on the roster
1: yeah and and they're like this is I think uh Raffles eighth year here like I like the guy he can play on my fourth line any day but like that's what we're talking about it's a fourth liner if someone wants to give you literally and I don't know if they do like I'd be shocked if someone's willing to give up something of substance from Michael Raffle but he's he could be a useful player on a good team on a fourth line in the playoffs like why not uh yeah like make those moves those are the types of like moves on the edges that can later become something else because of you know what you uh what you accrue through those trades so I'm all for that sort of thing in terms of selling like selling to me is like we're moving uh you know other than a Justin Braun I guess like we're moving someone uh, uh substantial and I just don't know if that can happen until the uh until the off season. all right thanks a lot I think he hung up already uh Jesse Kowalski Jesse you are live in the post game. Hey,
3: Bill. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I love it. Saved up a few things I've been meaning to say for a while. I finally downloaded the app, so uh, here I am. So I live in Winnipeg. I grew up in Dauphin, Manitoba. That's where Ryan Pollock and Barry Trotz are from. So I've seen firsthand Trotz coaching style. Our high school coach, is best friends with him, <laughs> used to come to practices and treat the island like treat us like the islanders so
1: that's awesome
3: yeah he's that's uh, so cool um yeah when he was in nashville they used to take us on trips down there but anyway um i i just i think the islanders are going deep this year and just from seeing firsthand how that guy runs stuff i'm surprised we were even able to outplay them for half of tonight <laughs>
1: It's really weird. Like last year, obviously in the regular season, they can't beat them in the playoffs. It goes seven, but I mean, the Islanders were the better team and all three of flyers wins went to overtime. So it's kind of a coin flip at that point. But when I watch these two teams play, they are vastly different, but basically at the same level. Yeah. And then, so it just, it, that's what kills me is I think they're about as good as each other, even though they're, you know, two totally different style teams, but for some reason, and it's, uh, it's not some reason. Barry Trotz is a hell of a coach and they have a team who's really bought into, to his message. Like, they're able to, um, they're able to harness it and really play as a team so well. You talk about them making a deep playoff run on the gambling show I produce on. Uh, it's not radio dot com anymore. It's Odyssey. That's what we're called now. Uh My other job, we were talking today about some Stanley Cup championship odds because the Islanders made the trade the other day. They brought in some guys. Looks like they're loading up for a run. And we were looking up their Stanley Cup championship odds. And it's like plus fourteen hundred man, that looks like a good bet to me. Like, do I think yeah. the are the best team? No, but I think they can win some playoff series and shit. That's what you got to do to win the cup. So I, I do think they can go on a run. I think they can come out of this division. No problem. And be in the final four.
3: Oh yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, and uh, I'm also thankful you've been uh, off the Phil Meyer hype train, but The one thing that's been bugging me growing up out here, I got to go to a lot of Wheat Kings games too over the years. Uh, My mom's boyfriend holds season tickets in Brandon. I've seen Nolan Patrick play the whole way through. I was so bummed when they picked him (laughs) in that draft because he's such a talented guy. He's a big kid. But I've never seen someone care less about playing hockey. The amount of times I watched him play in person, it's like, it's 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 the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life,
1: and I, I just can't – I've been needing to let that out for a while. I, I feel you on that. Like there are some guys, sometimes they're just so good what they do looks effortless, and like they're not trying even though they are. It's just like the way they look – but, man, it, it seems like Nolan Patrick just needs to kick it into another gear sometimes. Like, oh, if, he just had, if he just had, like, 5% more, he'd be an infinitely better player.
3: Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for uh, listening to me uh, get some therapy here tonight.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's what we're here for. This is, this is Flyers Fan Therapy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, okay, we got some more speaker requests coming in. Excellent. All right, our old pal, Nikki Hall, a regular on the show. Nikki, how are you? Oh,
4: man, Bill, I went today, <laughs> got my first COVID shot, and uh, feeling a little tired.
1: But... I was going to say, how you, how you feeling? It's uh, I, I've, I've gone through them. The first one, I, I felt like a little tired. The second yeah. one kicked my ass. Yeah, they,
4: they always say it's the second one that's going to kick your ass. Yeah. Um, I got the Pfizer, so they okay. had the choice of Pfizer or Johnston. Johnston, I'm like, eh, I trust Pfizer more, so <laughs> Pfizer it is. I go for my second on the 29th, so.
1: All right, good we're to ready. hear. Nature is healing,
4: for real. Um, man, what can I really say about tonight? Um, all right, I'm gonna. I'm. I, I want to, you know, take look. I do, do want to take some positives here, you know. Um, you know, killing off that five minute major, like that. That honestly, that didn't deserve to be a major call. Like, that was not. I yeah, think, like to get ejected someone, for that. I think I saw someone on Facebook mention it. They were just like, you know, any other ref would look at that and would maybe give two minutes at most.
1: Yeah, like, at he shoved most. him. He shoved him, and it's at a dangerous spot. Sure, right. it's a penalty. right a game? Like, a full game? And, what, like, how deep into the game was it? I have the box score right here. It was, like, a, like he basically, yeah, it's 727 into the game. Like, he mm-hmm. missed two and a half, pe- more than two and a half periods. Like, right. a, that's yeah. anyone talking about a suspension. Like, he just already got suspended for a game. you tell telling right. me he has to miss two games for that? Like, ridiculous. That's...
4: This league is such a fucking joke. Like, they, they make it up yet. as they like, go
1: along. We yeah, know.
4: It, you're for real. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, no. And same deal with my, my stance on shootouts. Just get rid of them. Like, <laughs> they, they're literally, like, no joke. This it, They are literally just, who the hell can be the flashiest? And who the hell has moves? Okay, that's, that's funny. That's fu- like, okay, for All-Star Weekend? Oh, sure. Go balls deep. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. But for the regular season, get rid of them. Just do continuous OT like you do for the postseason.
5: This
4: like is, I, this is a team effort. Damn it, like, It would just be like I, I
1: like I like highlighting the. Uh, the best players like I like when the best players decide it I do wonder like and it's it's universal like fans of teams that are good at them fans of right. teams that are bad at them all hate the shootout I happen to oh, like them I know I know I'm a natural contrarian so Charlie just thinks I likes them I like them because everyone hates them I just think they're <laughs> kind of dramatic and right. I think like the Flyers have been built the same way for so long like yeah, we're no good at the shootout because Mike Knubel and Scott Hartnell score all of our goals. Like, if right, we were built right. a
4: different way, maybe we'd right. like them more. I mean, I feel like I even said this in a post in one of the groups. I said, look, even if we had a winning record in shootouts, I would still say do away with them because, like... And I get it. I okay, get it. I, after a point, I'm just like... But it's like, you, you, you have to really look at the shootouts in the regular season. Then you look at the shootouts that they do in the All-Star games. Like, what was it that the uh, one time that Voracek and Drew were named All Star what did he what did Dvorak do for the one she had? He got like one of the younger vets on like the flames. The oh he had, he had Johnny
1: Goudreau because someone yeah, went out yeah, someone yeah. went out there with their little kid and yeah, it was like a joke. So uh yeah. so he like held up Goudreau like a little kid and let him go. It was hilarious. Yeah,
4: yeah. Like, okay, for that, all right go for it. You know, it's the weekend. It's all star weekend. You can be flashy show. We do what you want, but it's just like, I don't know.
1: I, I like, I get what you're saying with continuous overtime. I just feel like this season, like an 82 game season with a game that could go like, what if it's a back to back, a mean, game that could go I, all day? Like, how do you feel like, so bring back ties. What if it's a 10 minute three on three and then a tie? Like, would that make you feel any better?
4: I mean, see, here's the thing. It's like, you know, you know, I think it. There was at one point. I don't know which season it was, but they called the Flyers the Tires because they would always tie teams. And I can't remember what season it was. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever heard of that season that they would tie teams before, like they started throwing in the shootout to like decide. Uh,
1: I do remember like a considerable amount of ties a few years.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that if there was like spe- a specific season, but just like, like yeah, all right, an OT. I don't know. It's. I feel like in a back to back. Okay, let me. All right. So for a back to back situation, I would say play. I don't know. Four on four. All a four on four OT, and then maybe like a three on three OT. Then if you get can't get anything out of that, then all right. Call it a tie. Move on. Or you know, I, it. It's just the team aspect of hockey. It. I. Uh, there's no team There's no team effort in a shootout. You don't get penalties. You can't draw penalties. It's just shooter and goalie. And yeah, I understand how some people are like, oh, well, yeah. like you said, they're dramatic. And okay, I see it to an extent, but it's just like, I don't know.
1: I feel you. Like I, I get why people don't like him. And thanks a lot, Nicky. Uh, like, I just think, um, like... Puck on stick, shooter, goalie, winner takes all. Like I just think it's a cool. I I, I I'm entertained by it, but I, I understand I'm in the minority. Like it's just one of those things. I I don't say I'm wrong about, but clearly I have the uh, the opinion that is less held, uh, you know, by the masses. I understand people don't like them. I just happen to. And if the Flyers like won three quarters of them instead of lost three quarters of them, I think other people would have uh differences of opinion but i will say like you know there are teams that are historically good at them and their fans still think it's bullshit so i get it all right uh pat higgins pat you are live on the post game
6: hey bill can you hear me man i can yes sweet so uh like i when i'm working i like to listen to the show because it's like you know it gets me through uh the work day and after today i was like i want to Like, what's, like, the furthest back episode I can listen to of the show? And it took me back to your uh, preseason show for 2016-17.
1: Oh, my (laughs) God.
6: Yeah, right? And that feels like a distant memory. But so what I How
1: bad was it? I mean, we've always been pretty good, but I can't imagine it's as good as we are now.
6: (laughs) No, actually, it was funny because the sound quality was, like, so much better just because everyone has to be remote
7: from,
1: like,
6: right now. Yeah, so... It actually kind of surprised me. I was like, oh shit. But what I found like interesting was you guys were all so positive, like going into that 16, 17 season and just knowing what we know now, like you guys said something like, oh, maybe they finished like third in the division. Uh, you know, like Travis Konechny and Provorov, like they're coming up this year. Like, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. And then just like knowing what happened with like, they finished six, they missed the playoffs. I mean, like, Jake and G had down years both, and they were leading the whole team in points. Like, And then just knowing where we are now and, like, feeling... It was almost like deja vu. Like, we're... We went into this season excited and with with expectations, right? And, like, we're pegging them, like, first... Silly us. I know, right? It was, like, (laughs) I was, like, sitting there, like, God damn it, they always do this. Like, You'd think think
1: I'd learn a fucking lesson in the last five years.
6: All of us, man. Like, I was, like... (laughs) you've got to be shitting me. Like I felt, I remember feeling like this too. I remember like, Oh yeah, here comes all, here comes the help. Right. Like, and now the help has been here for five years and it's like, where are we? Like, we're talking about selling again. Like it's just, it's just, it's brutal, man. So like, like, I'm trying to approach now this off season and going to next season, knowing that like, I can't get excited for this team unless they make, like a concerted effort to visibly improve like they're
1: gonna need they're gonna need to have me excited going in and like listen a new season it's like baseball hope springs eternal we'll always feel that but like for for me to really buy in they're gonna need to do like the um like the oh seven off season like actually get some shit done Like, make some changes. Uh, They can't possibly come back with a couple of band aids and make any of us feel the least bit confident that they're anything more than maybe a fringe playoff team, you know?
6: That's right. Because, like, that's just not cutting it, like, going to cut it at this point. Like, you can't make a playoffs miss, make miss, and not go deep at all for almost coming up on a decade now. Like, I mean, we were told to wait and be patient. And I feel like that's. Like, we're at the tail end of that, and they haven't really shown that they can do better than that. And, like, that's concerning. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and thanks a lot, Pat. Yeah, No, it's going to take – like, yes, they could, you know, they could bank on – and I don't want this to happen. I'm just saying, like, they could bank on, okay, Travis Konechny is a lot better than this. Like, uh, Travis Sanheim, Phil Myers, they are a lot better than this. Ivan Provorov is a lot better than this. They can bank on all those things being true, and maybe they are. And if Carter Hart is a lot closer to what he's supposed to be than he is this year, like, yeah, they could be a, a, a much closer to what we expected this year. But I can't buy into that. Like, if it happens, it happens. Cool. But I can't imagine, like, how can the GM possibly sell that? Like, I no, no. Anybody who's like a season ticket holder, my God, if that's what they were telling you, how could you possibly lay down a shit ton of money? And I know there are people who are just huge fans, love hockey. I get it. And I'm spoiled. Like I don't. I'm not in the press box anymore. But with my career, I kind of just get to go to games when I want to. Uh, But my God, if you were looking to lay down a huge amount of money to watch this team, do literally take an awesome vacation. Like (laughs) do something amazing instead. If like if unless they have an off season that dramatically changes the culture and skill level of this team. All right, uh, a little behind on these speakers. Got to get to him here. Uh, Sean
0: Venata.
5: Sean, you
1: are live. Did I get your last name right?
0: Yeah, you got it. Thanks. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, that was a good point Pat just brought up. I was kind of thinking the same thing about how this off season is just going to be kind of such a bummer compared to what it was supposed to be. And I think that's an underrated disappointment of this season, you know. I was hoping we would have, like, this off season be right after a run. And then it'd be like, what's the next piece we need to complete the puzzle. Yeah. And like free
1: agents want to come. It's like somebody's will, somebody worth 10 is willing to take eight to come here. Like instead it's someone worth eight. We have to pay 10 to bring them
0: here. Oh my God. Yeah. And instead it's going to be, everything's up in the air is, are, are the young guys even good Is heart going to bounce back? And I'm, I'm not out on these guys, but it's just, there's a lot of question marks that I just, are going to suck to have to answer this offseason. It's going to make it way less fun.
1: No, yeah, and it's going to, like, unless they do, like, some dramatic, fun, like, flashy moves this offseason, it's going to get, it's going to be really hard to get people to buy into the idea. And we talked, we bounced back on this idea, like, uh, on the show yesterday, the idea that, Okay, maybe we can just write off this season as fucked up because it is like the world is is messed up and lots of things are wrong. The young guys are having trouble. The the guys with families are having trouble. Everything's just screwed up, except we have the context of the last eight seasons. So it's impossible. Like maybe the GM can divorce himself of that because he hasn't been here through it. And that's his job. But how can we like actually separate these things in our minds? Like it's more of the same until proven otherwise now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's going to take until like a half season of them in first place for me to even feel confident in them next year.
1: 100%. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to, it's, they're going to have to prove it now.
0: Yeah. And um, the only other thing I wanted to say is I was feeling nostalgic the other day for some good Flyers hockey. I was watching some early Claude Giroux highlights. Oh, my God. Dude, dude, he was so tenacious. He attacked. The puck and the ice. Every time he was out there, he want you could tell he was like, "I'm gonna make a name for myself," and I just want to say, it must just be a fucking bummer for him watching these young guys thinking, "How come you're not doing that?" Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like he came and he came up at a time like we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of shows ago, I don't remember, Like he came up maybe his his second year, like he almost gets in a fight with Chris Pronger, and like he's already one of the best players on the team, and he's like. Chris Pronger's calling him out after a random like February game or something. Like he came up in that, and now like it just seems these young guys don't have. They need an asshole on this team very badly. Like someone who is willing to just not be liked by everybody, but demands the best out of them. Claude Giroux, I appreciate his leadership style, and I, I think he's one of the hardest working players I've ever watched. But for whatever reason. Like, it doesn't seem to translate to everybody playing like he plays. And I think they need some sort of counter, counterbalance for him in the locker room. Cause you're right. Watch it. Like, watch those old, old clips. Yeah. Watch him now. Like, he's not quite the same. He, he doesn't have the same uh, smoothness. He's not quite the same athlete. He's an older guy, but he plays just as fucking hard. And it blows my mind that everyone doesn't just line up behind him.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I mean, I couldn't even imagine now, like, Joel Faraby got in a fight with Jake Voracek. That would be comical. That would never
1: happen. (laughs) Hey, Jake uh... can throw him. I've seen Jake a couple of times. Jake can throw him a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh,
1: Well, thanks for having me on. All right, thanks a lot, Sean. Appreciate it. Uh, Who do we have next? Hunter Moyer. Hunter. Oh, didn't click the button. Hold (laughs) on. Hunter Moyer, you are live on the postgame. Yo, what's up, Bill? How's it going tonight?
8: um not bad i didn't really get to watch the whole game i only caught a little bit of it um but going off of what some people said um i just kind of feel like every sport though nowadays is so babyish towards the players i mean i get helmet to helmet contact in football but sometimes you can't avoid it and that's such a bs call uh hockey is the same way it, i don't know I, I think they're going towards the skill route but sometimes you need you need an asshole, and honestly, I just the, the league's trans transitioning into a way which i don 't really care for, but i 'll still watch hockey um, the
1: other thing and is they too- like that 's the thing the thing about it like they are they 're transitioning this way, and then you still have players like brad Marchand, like the like the kachucks and certain certain guys who play with that edge. And when they step over the line, except for Tom Wilson, like, okay, you want to, you want to transition the game. That's fine. Then you need to govern the game that way. And it doesn't seem like, yes, they'll throw Sam Moran out tonight, but consistently it doesn't seem like they're actually that interested in changing the game. They just hope it evolves. And really they just don't want to get Caught up in concussion lawsuits, so they're like, "No, look what we've done to change." Even though it's just now, the players are smaller now. Like that's really it.
8: Yeah, I, I, that's how I feel about it. Uh, the other thing too is, uh, I, I'm just—it's been an embarrassing season just because. Once again, we had so much faith in this team, and we—all the, the depth. Look how good our depth is this year. We can barely score. Uh, our goaltending, even if it's sub, even if it's par average, like it's just so I don't know, it's so aggravating. It-, it
1: really is, and that's something like as bad and frustrating as this team has been on on offense and defense throughout the season. If they're just getting like a nine ten save percentage out of Hart and Elliot. This is a playoff team, and that's kind of, like, where I have to draw the line of my anger. Like, yes, I'm angry at them. Yes, I'm frustrated at them. Yes, my opinion of some players on this team is lower than it was when the season started. But, like, I don't think Carter Hart is this bad, so the team can't possibly... And he's been better. Like, he ha- he has been in the last couple games. But I just mean overall. Like, overall, I, if he's not... If I don't think he's this bad, then the team isn't this bad. And would I be as frustrated? Like, would they be competing for the division? I don't think so. And that was that was my expectation. But it's it's a really tough thing to evaluate this team. Like, they yeah, can be. Yeah, go ahead.
8: Yeah, we're we're talking. The, the Flyers are a bottom three team in this division with yeah. the fucking Devils. I, yeah, once again, was, I can't wrap my head around. I can't wrap my head around. We lost to fucking Buffalo six one and lost nine nothing to the rangers it's but i just i can't wrap my head around of how we were at such a high last year and we're at such a fucking low it, it's almost like we're just rebuilt like this team is awful it's so bad
1: it, it really it's 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 a damn shame and it's it, it, they have so many holes like i said and thanks a lot hunter uh like they have so many holes and i, I really want like an active um and not flat, I guess flashy. No, it is. It flashy is the world like word. Like they need bigger name players on this team. Like they don't have enough. And, and this is something I've brought up a couple times. Like I just don't think they have enough prime aged line one caliber players in this lineup. Uh, you know, like Giroux is still kind of like he's there in terms of a line one caliber player, but like he's in his thirties, Jake, same thing. Uh, It's basically just Sean Couturier. Like maybe Joel Farabee is that guy and he's going to enter his prime early. Like, but you know, he's young and he's a goal scorer. He's gone seven or eight in a row without a goal. They need more difference makers. Like, yes, they have depth. Absolutely. They have all the third and fourth liners you could ever want, but they need guys who can win you a game and they don't have enough of them. All right, let's get back to the phones or whatever this is, it's callers, speakers, whatever. Zach Boyle. Zach, you are live.
7: Hey, Bill. How you doing? How's it going tonight? Uh, doing all right. Um, honestly, just don't really care that you care about these games anymore. I just watch out of habit. Um, no, it's
1: like typically I get into it. Like I got to do the post game. I, I take notes. I pay attention. Tonight I finished up work. My wife went over our friend. She's like, hey, you just want to come over? watch the game over here. It's like, yeah, it's like five minutes away. I can be back and do post game, have a couple beers. Like, yeah, I paid attention, but not like I normally do. And it's because why the the season, it doesn't matter now. Like had they won tonight, I'd feel the same way. Like, Oh, cool. Yeah. You win now because it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's, it's over.
7: Yeah. It's kind of just like, Oh yeah, that happened. All right. Anyway, back to the rest of my night. Yeah. But my question now is kind of just looking at uh, next year. So, uh, we're presumably probably going to lose, you know, a, a pretty important piece. Um, I don't know how much more mileage Justin Braun has left. Um, you know, he's playing, playing great right now, but how much mileage does he have left? And, um, you know, the question is, you know, who do we start to fill in these holes? Like, is Morgan Frost an answer, Tanner Leszczynski, or are we going to have to go outside and, you know, obviously for defense, but, you know, do you see us going out and getting some forwards to kind of help us on bottom six to kind of replace some of the players we might lose?
1: man I, in terms of bottom six guys i think like that's where your uh that's where your organizational depth has to come in uh, and to me like they need to bump some guys down into the third and fourth lines and bring in like i just said to the last uh caller bring in difference makers. Like they need one or two top end talents to to, it's, it's very clear. This team isn't good enough as constituted. Like even last year, very good year, fun. They competed for the first time in a while. Like they lose in the second round, you know, like that's not, that's not good enough. This is a team that used to go to the conference final, like every three or four years. That's what I want back. And uh, I, I just think they need, they need to raise the talent level on this team. And to do it, they're going to have to go outside the organization unless, listen, maybe Cam York is going to be the truth. Maybe Bobby Brink and uh, uh, like Tyson Forster, Wade, Zaid, Wade, Zisdom, Wade, uh, Jesus, what's his name? Zaid Wisdom. Okay, I got it now. Like maybe all these guys are going to be something, Wade Allison, like, but I, I'm not counting on them. Like we've been counting on Sanheim and Myers and all these guys, Prover, like where's that gotten us? I can't do it again.
7: Yeah, I don't really see any of those guys that you just listed being better than a top nine. Yeah, exactly. It's great that, like, you know, if you could slot a guy into, like, you know, your second or third line, like, that's great. But the other problem is I don't really think we have the value in our farm system or in picks, really, uh, to go out and get, like, a top-line four without, you know, surrendering someone that, like, could be kind of potentially like a big loss down the line. That's, I think, like, what we... uh, I
1: don't think they have like that a prospect, maybe Cam York, but other than him, like, but I do think what they lack in pure star power with, uh, with prospects, they make up with just in pure volume and like, you can move two, three of these guys in a deal and it's not going to really kill you, you know?
7: Sure. Who, who would be someone in your mind that you'd be completely fine if they shipped like, prospect wise and you're just like yeah yeah yeah, whatever
1: oh god how much time you got buddy uh i mean like it looks like cam york is really going to be something so i'd like to hold on to him now like listen even him like if there's a superstar out there uh go get him and and deal with the rest later but like morgan frost i think is going to end up being a good player but is he going to be a great player i don't think so he probably would have been by now you know like to to reach that star level like guys show you they're great young Uh, I think pretty much there in terms of the entire organization, there's like three guys I think are untouchable. Like one of them is Drew and he has a no movement clause. So he's untouchable whether I want him to be or not. And I do, but like him, Couturier and Hart, like everyone else, what, what are you doing for me? You know, it's it's Farabee, sure. it's I guess, because it looks like he might have star potential or at least, like, really good goal scorer potential and you need to score goals. Other than those guys, w- w- what have you shown me that I need to keep you?
7: Yeah, and I think with Morgan Frost, he's a playmaker. And God knows we have enough guys that pass the puck. I'd rather see someone that's going to take shots. So, like, I'm interested to see what happens to Wade Allison. Like, yeah, he's had the injury history, but I'd be very interested to see what, you know, a guy his size – you know, as a right winger could come into the organization and provide.
1: Yeah. And he's a guy and thanks a lot, Zach, like Wade Allison, like a few years ago, Ron Hextall was basically saying like, Hey, if you want to come out of college, we might have a roster spot for you. And he, you know, wanted to go back to school. That's his prerogative. I think that's crazy talk, but college is a lot of fun and it's probably really fun for like elite athletes, you know? Uh, So uh, I I understand it. Uh, But yeah, all all these guys, I, if they were stars, they'd be stars by now. Like, maybe they're going to be good players. Maybe Wade Allison is going to be, like, the best middle six forward in the league. That would be cool. You need those guys, too. Depth is important, especially in the playoffs. But uh, they need top-end talent, and the only way to go get it is acquiring it. So if we have to part with some people, we have to part with some people. Warren Brody. Warren, you are live on the post game.
5: Hey, Bill. Uh, you know uh... – <laughs> If you want to make a major trade, there's not that many players off this team that... I mean, you're going to have to talk about trading Petaurier, Konechny, Sanhan, maybe Provorov because there's not that many players with value. uh, I
1: think there's more value than we're giving them credit because we're mad at them for, but I do think it's going to be like a number of prospects, a pick, and maybe a roster player to really go out and get a difference maker. Like, yeah, you might have to part with a Konechny or a Sanheim uh, and something else, but, like, if Travis Konechny is just a worse version of Johnny Goudreau, I'm totally fine pulling the trigger I- on that. And that's just a hypothetical. I'm just like, he's the first name that came to mind. So I was talking to him. I was talking about him with a buddy tonight and uh, his name came up, but I'm just saying like that type of high-end player. Yeah. I'm willing to surrender pretty much I, anything.
5: If you watched, and it's hard to really tell with the minor leagues, but Allison and Forster have tremendous shots. If, I, I mean, those guys can play. I, you know, I hope, I think what the Flyers really lack or, or, Quick, you know, creative players. I mean, they don't they get on the power play and it's like nauseating. It's like they're not creative at all. I mean, look at the shootouts. How many years have we have to watch where they just don't have quality players that can score in a shootout? Doesn't that tell you something about the talent level in the team?
1: Yeah, and just the way they're built, we talked about that a little earlier. Like when you have Scott Hartnell and Mike Knubel and JVR scoring all your goals every year, like no shit, you're not that good at shootouts. Listen, and listen, like it's I, it's I, with the cre- with the creativity thing, real quick, I'll let you get your point. And like we talk, you talk about it a lot more in basketball, like guys who can create their own shot. Like you said, we have plenty of playmakers, and we can set. They they have to complete like three passes to score a goal. Like they have guys who can make the plays, but nobody who seems to be able to like cut to the middle. And get a shot through unblocked and pick a corner.
5: Listen, uh, I think it was Keith Jones that said you can't pass it into the net. Yeah, and and they're constantly doing that. And I really, I just don't get where that comes from. And I guess it comes from the leaders on the team. And you know they're good players if you watch Drew and, and Voracek. But that's the problem. We don't have anyone that's really picking up the mantle after them. That's really, you know, ready to be first line players. We're still relying on them. And they're they're declining. They're still good players, but they're declining.
1: Yeah, like Jake especially. Like, um, he's putting up points right now, and that line with Giroux and Konechny looks good. But if there's one player you can point to and think like, oh man, and I thought Jake was going to age very well, and maybe there's like a place for him in a lineup where you can deploy what he does. And shit, man, he's really good at three on three. Wait, like he's he's really, a three on three type player. Oh, go ahead. We
5: really need to get some pit. We need to fix the power play, to penalty kill. And we got to win a shootout. I mean, there's we got to have enough talent to win a shootout. This has been a problem, and they don't correct it, which is really getting ridiculous at this point. I mean, how hard can it be to find guys that can score in a shootout?
1: I yeah, mean, it, bring, it,
5: bring in players that can score in a shootout.
1: Yeah, and that's like you know, for years. And thanks a lot, Warren. Like for years, it was kind of. Uh, You know what? We we don't have goaltending, and that's just sort of the thing. When you get four saves in the shootout, and you go yourself 0 for five, like that's a failure of the shooters. Like that is a that, and it's it's very that that is an incredibly frustrating aspect of this team that they just. I you know what? We have time. Uh, If you're on hold right now, if you're in the speaker queue, I'll get to you in a second. But I want to because their record is like comically bad. It's. I'm going to see if I can get this real quick. Uh, their all-time shootout record. Where are we at here? Uh, okay, I need to... This is not going to be fast. I thought I could do this so much quicker. 05-06 uh, to now some results. Uh, where are we here? Summary. They got, Do they have shootout stats here? They do. I know it's something, like, hilarious. All right, where are the Flyers? All the way at the bottom, I'm assuming. 51 and 92 in the shootout. 51 and 92. Holy, like... (laughs) Not 51 of 92. 51 wins, 92 losses. Shootout winning percentage of... 357. Wow. That's. They have to. I wonder, do they have the lowest shootout shooting percentage? They have to, right? Like, they never win. Where the hell are they? They are second to last. They have a 26.6. So, one out of every four, basically, they score in the shootout, which is. Less than one per shootout because it's supposed to be three rounds. That's incredible. Uh, and the only team worse is, surprisingly somehow, Boston at 25.5. Uh, that's that's insane. 26.6% shooters in the shootout, 357 winning percentage. Incredible. Uh, Mr. 69 is back. How are you tonight? Bill, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Okay.
2: All right. Yeah, I pressed the wrong button earlier. Uh, I apologize for hanging up. but uh, oh, No worries. Thanks for the group therapy. I really appreciate it here. What man. we do here? We need to talk to Steph about getting uh, hazard pay for watching this team. But <laughs> um, so the Jake Voracek haters, man, he's been the past couple games. I mean, he's been playing pretty good. And I mean, I do get the contract situation. He's eight million plus per year for the next what five years or so. And that's really like
1: the crux of it is. I think I thought he was going to be a player that aged well. And, you know, in a certain lineup, I think there'd be ways to really use what he does well. Like I was just saying to last caller, he's an awesome three on three player. He's like someone who's really good at it, possessing the puck, using the space, cutting when he needs to, finding open guys. But man, that contract, like, it's tough to think what the tail end of that is going to look like.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, if you look at his career now, I mean, he's a 0.84 points per game player in the NHL. Like, yeah, I guess I guess that's what they the market value is for a player like that. But at the same time, I mean, like, I know you hate talking about the expansion draft. I think at this point, the Flyers need to either pay Seattle to take him, JVR, someone with a big contract off her hands, because it's just at the same time, like, they do need they do need that uh, contract space to go out and get a number one defenseman.
1: No, that's the thing. Like, we're going to have to make some tough decisions, even like I'm not a Jake hater. Uh, I appreciate what he does. The contract, like I said, is concerning, but like they need this cap space. They need it badly. And I was talking to Charlie uh, and the guys or and the gang on the show about like, how how can they get Seattle to like take JVR and they're talking like because uh they they know some 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 of the people who work in like the analytics department there Seattle's going to be allegedly like a a very analytics driven organization and like Jake's numbers are just absolutely his underlying numbers are shit this year like there's a good chance they might want JVR like what's he at seven million for next year and like for two more years like for a thirty goal scorer, that's that's fine. Like it's it's cool. You know, you can put them on first, second, third line. Like anyone b- would be willing to pay that for two years of JVR. But like Jake, at his price tag and the term left, it's gonna.
2: I don't think you could
1: offer them a first round pick to take Jake.
2: No, i a hundred percent agree. I think I think there is a slight chance where they do take JVR because I mean they do have to get to a cap floor. Yeah. When- players and i mean two years at seven million a year that's not a horrendous thing for a
1: bona fide goal scorer like you're gonna pay more than that on the open market
2: exactly um so a couple weeks ago i took uh florida at plus 2000 to win the cup aaron ekblad got injured about three days but uh what what's your opinion on uh who, who are your cup favorites um Going forward, I mean, clearly, like I don't. Obviously, the Flyers aren't really gonna be. (laughs) It ain't them. (laughs) Yeah. But who who's your pick?
1: Like I I said, I still think um I still think Colorado is the best team in the league. Um, like they have to be the favorite. And I look today, they're like plus three fifty or something. Like they have by far the the worst odds. You know, like you win the least. Um, Tampa man. Like Tampa, it's a tough division. That's the thing. Like you said, you bet on Florida. They're damn good still, even without Eckblad. And maybe they can't win a cup without him, but they're a damn good team. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And Carolina, obviously, really good, too. So they have to get through at least one, if not two, of those teams just to get to the, you know, the final four. It's not a conference final this year, as uh, as Steph and Kelly and Charlie keep reminding me. It's not a conference final. It's the final four. Um, but Tampa's going to be getting Kucherov back. and that's like that's a real x factor for me you know it's it's hard to think like a team that good is that good without maybe their best forward
2: exactly yeah no i think tampa i I would love to see a tampa versus colorado final
1: yeah that would be so good
2: even like at least one of those teams or even if not like say it's Toronto or like some some big Canadian market would be great as well, just because just from the uh raw like media coverage standpoint it would be tremendous, I think for hockey, but I think I would love to see Colorado and whoever the top team is out of the east for sure,
1: yeah, one hundred percent like I-, I would really like to see Colorado in the final against Toronto against Tampa just against one of these. Awesome, high-skill teams and really give us, like, that series, you know? Like, Dallas really Dallas really screwed us last year uh <laughs> having the run. And, and, like, good for them. It was a fun run. Like, I'm sure Dallas fans had a great time. But, like, you know, Vegas or Colorado in that final probably would have been a lot more fun.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Vegas, too. They, they're all Yeah, failing. they're right there. I, I, I'm wondering who- – Who's going to go after Ryan Getzlaf? Like, who's going? Is there any team you think that's going to trade for him because he's a UFA coming up?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you always want those. Uh, you always want those veterans going into these playoff runs, guys who've been through it before. I'm sure there'll be teams going after him. Um, he seems like a Toronto player, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Canadian boy. Like, yeah, he, he's definitely going somewhere up north. Then, all right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate right, thanks it. Thanks
1: a lot. Uh, do we have any more speakers? Nikki Hall is back. Nikki, you are going to be our last speaker this evening. Oh,
4: man. I have to also say, you know, in terms of cup favorites, the one team I honestly would really, really love to see, or the one final I really love, I think would be good, would be uh, an Avalanche and Hurricane final, just because, you know, Carolina, I've been playing, I've been honestly observing them these past few games alongside the Flyers. Yeah, I know. I've got nothing I better do but watch the Flyers. <laughs> alongside, um, you know, other teams, like you said, other teams are, are, actually have their heads straight and know what they're doing out there. So, um, I'm just like, you know, it's just uh, seeing a team, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind Tampa back in the cup again, but it's just like, uh, I, I feel like Carolina would be like one of the, a Carolina Avalanche final would probably be like really cool to see
1: yeah yeah i I think caroline is up there it's um to me it's like they're a team with more time left and if they Mm. i mean if they lose dougie hamilton like then they're you know those things change but like right right. i just want to see tampa because they've been this good for this long like in a in an epic series sort of showdown situation uh, like before Stamkos is too old, while Vasilevsky right. is what he is. Like while all these things still are, but right, yeah, no, right. Caroline, I mean, that would be a crazy entertaining series. It's not yeah. like that wouldn't be just as good.
4: Right, right. Now I have to ask. I know that it's. I know that we're that we're definitely not even thinking about postseason this year, since you know it's basically a fantasy, and it'd be a shot in the dark at this point. But like. As far as trade deadline is concerned, do you think what what name what what player names do you think would possibly end up on this team, and who do you think is more than likely going to be gone before the end of this season? I mean, I know we obviously have off season, but who do you think is gone before the end of the season?
1: Before the end of the season, that's a great question. I don't even know what they bring in now, just because. Like, it's not like you're building anything. It's not like you're going for anything this year. Anybody they bring in better be with the idea of they can contribute next season and into the future because it ain't happening this year. I don't care what they do unless they go find themselves Connor McDavid somehow. Um <laughs>
4: Uh, That's another shot in the dark, right there. Yeah, he's
1: like, exactly. Uh, in terms of guys who are going to be shipped out before the end of the year, like I do, like it seems like there's a lot of smoke around Scott Lawton. It seems like he's going to be out. Uh, we talked about Michael Roffle earlier. I don't think there's like a ton of value on Roffel, but he could be a um, like a Pitlick type. A, uh, like a, a Derek Grant-type player that a team just looking to add some depth going into the playoffs might look at. Maybe they have some injuries or something. Right, uh, I think right. there could be some, like, you know, you're not getting anything back. You're getting a late-round pick maybe. Uh, right, but just right. uh, I, I think some of the depth pieces – could be because we always say, like, this team is built like they have a really good fourth line, you know?
4: There's oh, so, no, yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, like no.
1: coming into the year with uh Lawton, NAK, and Raffle as your fourth line, that is a hell of a fourth line. And I think like an actual cup contender would would want either of
4: those guys. And I honestly feel like, you know, it even if it's not at the end of the season, I honestly feel like uh Lawton is definitely going to be a, a player we probably won't be seeing at some point. And I know that you know he's a real skilled guy, and you know he plays his heart and soul out. But it's like you know, if I'm being honest here, he's coming up on he think isn't he? He's an unrestricted free agent here this year anyway, right? Yes, yeah. So I mean, I feel like it would make the most sense to move him for maybe like I don't know, would I even say a rental at this point? You know, <laughs> Maybe like if
1: it, maybe it's a guy maybe under team control or someone uh, someone who needs a change of scenery. You're just going to try out for the end of the se- end of the season. Maybe they earn a deal. Maybe they don't. I'd want yeah. some sort of like draft compensation uh, to go along yeah. with that for Lawton, just because like I don't want to just give him away for a guy who we might just move on from. Right. Uh, but or uh, even I, let him
4: walk for that matter. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So um. Yeah. That's I I could see him having some value though.
4: It's like, you know, Lawton's definitely a name that I see. Um, honestly, I know that Coots' name gets brought up every now and again, but I mean, it, we also, I mean, he, people, people also have to understand that, you know, there are some names that we're going to have to protect in the expansion draft yeah. because we're not losing them to free agency or whatever it may be. There's a very strong chance of losing to the expansion draft whenever, when is that? That's the end of this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would much rather we get something for whoever it is that we have. So that way it's not on us because if you're letting letting a player go through the expansion draft, I feel, is not... I mean, I'm not saying that when we lost Belmar to Vegas that it wasn't like... A massive gut punch, but I still feel like we probably could have gotten something from him.
1: Yeah, and he's turned into a hell of a player. Like right now, when you're talking about the guys who earn money like JVR and Voracek, and if you lose one of them to the expansion draft, yes, they are very good players. The idea is what you're gaining is the cap space, and then you can go out and acquire another player to replace them.
4: I mean, that it, I guess it's, yeah, it's two sides of the coin, but it's just like, you know, it, it it definitely makes me, like I said, it definitely intrigues me what what move they end up making. Whether it's you know free agent signing, whether it's someone who's just you know, it it's I, honestly I feel like at the end of the day it's going to be a move that will probably more than likely hurt us now, but will benefit our future rather than a move that will benefit us now but hurt. The future, but hurt our future, if that makes sense.
1: No, I feel you, and thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, you are a valued contributor to these post games, as is everybody. We have one more person. I said that would be it, but then Josh Schuster, uh, he requested to speak right before uh, right before I said that. So, Josh, you are our final caller of the evening. Hey, Bill. Thanks. Um, I'd
9: ask I'd ask how you are, but you've answered about fifty times tonight, so. Um, <laughs> I just um, – tonight was the first night. So I live um, right up by main campus, Rutgers. Um, so I have to make a valiant effort to watch the games. Um, and I watch every game, um,
1: and I've just hit the apathy point. Oh, yeah. No, it's – and it, it, I mean, so have they. You know, like you're not alone. So the fucking players on the team have reached that too.
9: Yeah, it, it just it kind of it's like I'm I'm putting my almost four year old son into bed and we're watching a little bit of the game uh, before going to bed. And tonight was the first time that I was just like, oh, man, there is no baseball on. There is no basketball on. It's really the Flyers. And so, um, you know, we watched together, which was nice. Um, But then I also felt like I was cursing him for, you know, (laughs) all on time, maybe. Um, But in being surrounded by um, Rangers fans and Islanders fans, who at the beginning of the season, I was giving a really good time to. um, Now, um, I can't even really tell Devils fans to kind of exit the conversation because because
1: we're in their group at this point (laughs) yeah
9: and it's just um it's just apathy and i have never even in even in the really really bad season it was never apathy because it was building towards something and it's kind of like what everybody talked about tonight it's just you look at this off season and most of us scratch our heads and it's where do you even start
1: That's the thing is they need to do a lot of shit and it's not going to be easy. Like it's not going to be easy for anybody because only like the Rangers have any cap space. But like they're not in a situation where they can just be like, yeah, we're going to sign a free agent and make two trades. Like, no, it's going to be difficult because the players you have to trade, like make a ton of money and have term on their contract. And (laughs) you're going to have to pay someone a lot of money to come in here. It's. It's going to be a, a very complicated post—not uh, postseason. They won't be playing in the postseason. It's not complicated at all. Off season is going to be complicated for them. Uh, I, I, man, I don't, I don't envy Chuck Fletcher's job, but man, he's basically had since summer twenty nineteen to come up with something because he hasn't done shit since. So uh, maybe he's well rested and is ready for this off season. Maybe
9: I don't know. I just normally at some point in the season I, I get to where I go on to NHL and I just blow everything up uh, on the flyers because I'm just so frustrated (laughs) but I don't even know that I'm going to get there this year like I just I literally for the first time ever am just that apathy so anyway
1: that's that I hope that you have a good rest of the night (laughs) you too Josh Uh, thanks a lot and that's it that's it for the show tonight yeah I I do want to touch on that point like the fact that they went through that month of March and literally nothing changed the lineup didn't change the assistant coaches all still have their job goalie coach all that shit like the general manager and the organization did nothing after that uh, after that just abysmal stretch of hockey to the point where how couldn't we get apathetic about it if if they're not going to if they're watching that and they're accepting of it and they must be accepting of it because nothing has changed you know Shane Payer got put on waivers that was it and he's back in the lineup, you know? And, like, I don't think they should have just, like, released him or whatever, you know? I think he's one of their six best defensemen should be in the lineup. I'm just saying, like, nobody has lost their job over – This terribly disappointing season. How are we supposed to feel about that? It's the fans should feel apathetic. The fans should be frustrated. And we are because they've given us no reason to feel anything otherwise. They don't seem like all that interested in fixing this team because they haven't done anything to do it. All right. It took an hour, but I'm finally at that. uh, I'm finally at 10, and I'm going to wrap it up because. They're not worth it. (laughs) They really, uh, you know, and they didn't even play that bad tonight. But it's just like I said at the beginning of the show, they've played themselves out of, Ah, you know, we could have won that game. We'll get them next time. They've played themselves out of that benefit of the doubt because they've been so awful for the last month plus. All right, that's it. That's all the time I have for you this evening. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content delivered to you daily. So much content, I can't even name it all in the time remaining. Uh, I really appreciate everybody who's sticking with this team and sticking with these post games. It means a lot to me. Uh, that you all continue to show up and you all continue to push play on the podcast. However you consume this content, really appreciate it. So that's it. Uh, I'll be back for the next game until then. Have a great week, everybody.